wanna see that booty do man. I wanna see that booty do booty do these numerators at em. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bagged and Broadcast, episode number 137. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, covering the top geek stories of the past week. Then we go into the list, the comic books we're looking forward to coming out August 29th. Then we follow that up with our rotating weekly main topic. This week we're taking a uh, look at the Toronto Fan Expo 2012 um, convention we try to get get up to as often as we can. And we spent some time up there this past weekend, so we're going to talk to you a little bit about that and have a special interview with nerd rock band Kirby Crackle. Kirby Crackle it up. We're cracking it up. And we're... Almost entering into September, which is actually the month where Oktoberfest happens. And we love competition, so we're going to find you the best Oktoberfest that we can find. And to start it off, I went with the original, which is the Munich Brewery Spaten. Spaten? It'd be like Spaten. Spaten. You gotta say it like you're angry at the world. uh, This isn't a, this is what they brew now. For Oktoberfest, originally it would be a dark Marzen, which would have been the first high-gravity beer. Oh, we love our high-gravity beers. Marzens were high-gravity beers? Marzens were high-gravity beers because they were brewed at the end of... For my my week, I'm bringing dog bite. (laughs) (laughs) They were brewed at the end of uh, March because they were only allowed to brew um, September to March or something like that. So they would... Get that alcohol super high and save it till September mm-hmm. when Oktoberfest would happen, and they'd have this specialty beer to drink for the festival. Hmm. And they needed to keep it so it would last that long. Interesting. Yeah. Makes sense. So it's like the German version of an IPA. Pretty much. They would hop it up. But it would be a, a really dark beer. I think I would like that more than what we have here. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very watery. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost like it's layered. Like you get that watery taste, and then it kind of washes away into. You, you kind of get a tinny, and then it kind of the aftertaste is not that bad. Yeah, but it has like a tinny right in the middle, and it takes a while for it. It's not like your American. Oktoberfest, which you think Oktoberfest, you think more of a spiced harvest mm-hmm. kind of it. Which is what I really wanted. That's what I like about Oktoberfest beers. And I'm kind of sad I'm not getting that from the authentic yeah. Oktoberfest. Um, yeah, I think these are. this is what's brewed for Oktoberfest over there. It's a lot lighter because there's like a million people show up for it every year. And it's crazy there. And all you can drink are beers... Brewed in Munich. Munich. Yeah, but a million people isn't really that much. You could probably stand them all <laughs> next to each other. They could like, all jump at the same time, and it wouldn't even register as a Richter. Yeah, it wouldn't even cause an earthquake, so what's the point? Uh, Yeah, it's just nothing to write the soldiers about. No. It's nothing to no. go to Germany for. It's nothing to go to any sort of Oktoberfest or your beer store for. Nope. No. And it's also classified here on the label as a malt liquor. So, I guess they are still trying to go for that high gravity no, lager. It's, it's only five point nine. 
Oh, uh, only 5.9. So if you if it was 5.9, you would know you were drinking what you would have had in, what, 1810? Yep. I, I don't give this a 1 out of 10. It says that it was brewed since 1397. What a long-storied history it has. I think that's just yeah, the, the brewery. The brewery. Spotten. That is sad. That is um. That is no good. Yeah, starting off a little weak there. Yep. Yep. Well, hopefully we'll find a better Oktoberfest. We'll let you know. Indeed, we have to. It's our job. Uh-huh. I, I it's think our once, sacred right. Uh, you get to the American ones, the stuff that we've done with our Oktoberfest, to make them more of a fall, fall beer. Mm-hmm. Which is what Which is what I like. Yeah. I like my spicy, awesome I, beers. I've never had this, so I didn't know what it would be like. And I thought, let's go with two of the original ones that brewed. For- two? We have another one. Ooh. There's actually five that brewed for the event. Stay tuned for that. I know. Well, you know, we do a lot of things where we take something from Germany and we just make it better. Like the drinking girls, I think we made it better. You know? Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the German drinking girls, so I can only assume ours are better. The hamburger, definitely better here in America. Probably. Because we added blue cheese. Oh, I love blue cheese. <laughs> and... And bacon? And bacon. See? Okay. Much better. Oktoberfest. We have made it better. That's right, Germany. Email us. Contact at pegnumboardcast.com. Yeah, all of Germany. Email us, please. The Pegnum boards say they do it better. Send me pictures of your drinking girls and let me know. (laughs) (laughs) So I can do do scientific research. If all of Germany's... Listening to this, they're gonna make sure to rate and review, and they're gonna be like, "Uns geht zwei Fußballs." See his man. They get one star for what they feed. Feed what? Spaten. It's nice Und though. Wächst. That we we're dealing, you know, Germany. We we are able to import things and export things to Germany without any kind of hassle, without anybody losing money on the deal. Unlike <laughs> I with, know where you're going. Unlike with Iran, right, Chris? Yeah. Mr. Wow Player again. I know. I I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um people in Iran won't be though, because nope. due to trade restric- uh, restrictions and sales sanctions, um basically Blizzard cannot support any of their products in Iran anymore. Mm-hmm. So they are shutting down all of uh, their servers for StarCraft, World of Warcraft, and Diablo, and they cannot give any sort of refund, like um, compensation, anything, to anyone that was playing those games or has paid for those games to play. Yep. That's what happens. It makes sense. I mean, that's what happens. Uh, world events... Yeah, but it's something that we have to all remember when we're, we're talking about going into the cloud. Because that's how easy it is. Like, there's something that happens and suddenly, boom, you're no longer allowed to play your video game anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, voting season's coming up here, America. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's pay attention because they could take away our video games at any moment. I was <laughs> <laughs> trying to scare you into voting. <laughs> I don't need a scare. It's the truth. Pay attention. Vote. I I really don't have too much stuff to talk about this week, except uh, did you see uh, Rob Liffield's Twitter meltdown? No. Um, oh, poor guy. Two no, kids. He, poor guy, nothing. He uh, basically walked off on DC. Yeah. Um, he quit. He had announced 
last month that he was going to be done um, on the New 52, and now he's just done in general. Um, apparently, he had uh, tweeted something or sent a direct message on Twitter to Scott Snyder, uh-huh. one of our new favorite writers. And um, it was less than savory, and he was making comments on his Twitter about how Batman sells no matter what, no matter who's on it. Uh-huh. And Scott Snyder tweeted back, like, is this about me? Uh-huh. And apparently it started this huge argument. You can still see uh, traces of it online if you check out either one of their Twitter feeds. Wow. And um, things just get really bad and kind of awesome at the same time. And just that, like, you're watching two comic creators go at it. And um, just an awesome burn on Scott Snyder's part, where he just basically said, hey, uh, Batman might sell in spite of myself and Greg Capullo, but you ruined Deathstroke and Hawkman all on your own. (laughs) And then uh, Rob Lefield tweeted back with something, and then Scott Snyder replied back, yeah, so keep that in your pouch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can see it all on there if... If you want, you don't have to. I just thought it was kind of funny to see these two high-profile creators mm-hmm. kind of uh, getting a little bit on each other's That's edge. Deep. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And Rob Liefeld went off on everybody, talking about editors, people, even over at Marvel. He was talking a lot of yeah. He was talking about them. Uh, so, shit about uh, Tom Brevort, yeah, who's yeah. basically like almost an EIC over there. Like he's a head yeah. editor. He knows everything about anything. And he's, I mean, from the conventions we've gone yeah. to, he's really becoming a face of Marvel. Yeah. When you see that he's going to be at a panel, it's one that you're like, okay, we should make it over there because he does make it entertaining. He does have the answers. And he loves those characters just as much as any fan that's there. It, it just has to be really like crazy for Rob Liefeld, who, you know, was on top of the comics books world. You know, like he could created Deadpool. He could do no wrong. Like, people loved his work, and then, man, Rogue pulled out from underneath him. Like, he's he's kind of... The 90s that he's now this punchline. He's the comic book equivalent horrible. of Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, and it's... He, he got he got to start young. Uh-huh. He was a huge thing, and now he's just, I don't even want to say fading away into obscurity. He's just kind of going out Oh, did he say anything about Image? Because he was no, he's, working with Image with his... He, he's done with... Uh, what book was it? It was this... It uh, is yeah, some we're... Youngblood knockoff. I, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I honestly don't follow this guy at all. Mm-hmm. He, um, To me, he just is one of those 90s writers that... Artists. artists hit it really big and then just couldn't sustain it. And, like, you think about, like... um. McFarlane. Mm-hmm. McFarlane, like, he does little stuff here or there, but he runs Image, and he runs his toy line. Well, he really doesn't do anything yeah. over but, at Image yeah, anymore. Yeah. Like, no, he doesn't even run it. That's all Eric yeah. Larson and uh, Robert Kirkman now. He mm-hmm. He's more just writing an artist now. Is he, Yeah, but nobody even... Exactly. That's nobody your, even talks kind of about, point. you know, he's he's gone. Like, he, he's not there. But the only thing he's a name in is his toys. You see mm-hmm. something that's like... It was like the um, Walking Dead Season 2 specialty DVD was a zombie head that opened up, and there was a the DVD inside of it. Oh, okay. and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I saw that it was made by McFarlane Toys. I was like, oh, it's probably really nice then. <laughs> like, uh, you, could, you could get away with purchasing that and being like, yeah, it's a McFarlane toy. Like, it's going to be high quality. It's going to be decent. Mm-hmm. 
it's you know it's it has to be like so weird though like because you're the guy you are you know and then all of a sudden you're not because tastes change yeah and, and, and wh- people are looking for something different and it's what it's probably been like it's been a 10 years since he's been con- like a, a name yeah yeah, I think you're going back even 15. Yeah, like 15, 20 from the 90s when X-Force broke out. I mean, that's when he was getting really big. Like, he had his own company with, uh, Jeff Loeb. Like, they were on top of the world. So, I mean, he made all of his money back then. He doesn't really have to do anything now. I think he was just doing comic books because he likes doing it. But it, it was very much bite the hand that feeds. Like, yeah. He went after the, like, the two biggest comic book companies. And they, I mean, they gave him three books. Like he was working on three books. Yeah, but they books. weren't big books. They were Deathstroke, right? He Deathstroke, Hawkman, Hawkman, and Grifter. Grifter, and but it, he was doing Hawk and Dove for a while too. Yeah, which got canceled. Yeah. So, you know, it, they weren't big name tier books. So, and they, they, they were not going to sell as well as if he was put on, let's say, Batman, of well, course. But yeah. they're a big enough name that if he had. People really doing something great with them that people would be talking about them. They could be those underdog books, and that was kind of what he was getting at when he was talking to and about Scott Snyder. Is it doesn't matter that you're writing it; it's a Batman book. It's going to sell Batman numbers. Yeah, because then, a Batman book is a Batman book, as John says. But then people were bringing up how that book sells, and it doesn't have the drop off that all the other Batman books have had since the relaunch. It stayed consistently high up on the ratings. Like, it's always in the top ten. While other ones have seen sales dwindle, which, which happens. I mean, a book comes out, it sells, and then from that point on, numbers always go down. I mean, it's something that I've really noticed since we've been doing this. Even as a fan, like, sales drop over time. Batman, not so much. It's still consistently selling well. Well, Batman, the title itself, I learned this, is what diamond rates every other book at. Like, that is a solid... Batman every month is 100% of the market sales, and then everything else is rated off of that. So you either did better than Batman, or you've done worse than Batman. The Just the straight-up Batman, because it's the most consistently selling book, month after month after month. So, But uh, that doesn't say anything about the other Batman books. Yeah. Like, yeah. Batman, what is it, Dark Vengeance? What was the... Uh, Dark Knight. Dark Knight. And then, uh... Detective Comics. Comics yeah. Um, I, I can't Batman remember. Batman and Robin. And Robin, yeah. There's so many. We we did a whole Batman episode about this kind of <laughs> stuff before. Go back, listen to that one if you want okay. to hear our thoughts on sales numbers and everything. But they don't do... They're never... It's not like it's Batman, Detective, Batman, The Dark Knight, and then Batman and Robin. You know, yeah. it's 4, 3, 2, 1, or, you know, anytime, any way you want to put yeah. it. They never fall... Right around each other, you know. Once, Batman recently has been in the top five, and the other books have been, you know, maybe top twenty, and then one might fall behind to top thirty. Yeah. So. And just Batman. I've I've always been a Batman fan, but we didn't become you know a Batman podcast until we got into Scott Snyder's Batman. And we've also become a. Scott Snyder one. I mean, we all love American uh, Vampire. Yeah. Paul, uh, you're you're digging him over on Swamp Thing. Yep. And uh, I've been reading... Um, digging him on Swamp Thing. <laughs> Severed, understatement. Which is just really good, too. Really nice dark twist on kind of that American gothic kind of story. 
So I I think it's rightful that yeah, Batman's selling well because of two factors. It's a Batman book, and Scott Snyder's writing the hell out of it. And they're not going to put poor creative teams on a Batman book either. They're going to make sure that they put creative teams that are going to sell on Batman, you know, prestige ones, because it's that, you know, Ouroboros, you know, it's, yeah. does it sell because of the creative team, or does it sell because of the title, and it's kind of the mixture of both, it has to be, because otherwise Batman won't be Batman, you know? Yeah. Right. It won't be that prestige character if it isn't giving the prestige treatment. Yep. yep. What else we got? Anything? Well, uh, announced at Fan Expo, talking about comic books and books, is uh, Justice League of America. Paul, are you excited for this? I kind of am because of one character that's going to be showing up. As in soon it. as I saw that preview, hour, I was and like, I was, "Oh man!" Uh, can I can I guess what character? You can guess what character? Martian Manhunter? No. <laughs> oh. You want to take another stab at it? What? No. No. You you could totally earn a gold star here. Your gold stars. Josh swearing a lot. <laughs> Write the number down. Is that, I thought that was my first one today. No, you swore like you said the ass word right before it. But you said that wasn't a swear. No, he said ass. <sighs> isn't a swear. Okay. <laughs> More editing for Paul. Um, just announced at Fan Expo, we are seeing not a relaunch of Justice League, but a new team stepping into the, well, I guess, title. Um... Well, not into the title. It's going to be a new title that's taking the place of Justice League International. See, I assumed this was going to be just Justice League. Like, this is the new Justice League team. No, Justice League is staying. Justice League Dark is staying. Justice League International ended with uh, the annual that comes out this Wednesday. So if you want to know the bridge point between Justice League International and Justice League of America, there you go. You pick up the annual. Um... And this will just kind of take that book's place, it ah. seems. And it's going to be uh, a new team led by Steve Rogers, taking over that Nick Fury kind of role that we were all kind of thinking that he was going to. Um, and it's going to star Martian Manhunter. Steve Trevor. Steve right? Trevor. I was like, Captain America? <laughs> Is he going to this time? Yes. Am I looking at... No, I'm not even looking There's at nothing Captain America. Captain America in here. Steve Trevor. You know, uh, Nemesis. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he's gonna be, he's gonna, like, I guess, form this team, and it's gonna have Martian Manhunter, Hawk, Hawkman, uh, Green Arrow, um, Catwoman. Catwoman, which was kinda crazy. Vibe. Yeah. And then, uh, Stargirl. Plus, plus the new Green, uh, Green Lantern. The new Green Lantern. And it's they coming were, out of the, uh, Third Army. And they, and in the press announcement, they said that, uh, or at Fan Expo, they were talking about this, I read. About it, and uh, Jeff John said this is the team that will kind of operate in the shadows. And I'm like, Dark Girl's definitely not a operates in the shadow kind of person. And yeah, so Jeff Johns is writing this book. Yes. Is he off Justice League? No, then? he's still re- uh, writing Justice League. Also, yeah, art by David Finch, which that's kind of what's making me be like, oh, I'm not gonna, I don't need to read this one. Well, he's a high profile artist, but I, his taste, like his style's just not to my taste. I understand that, but he'll only, like, maybe do four issues a year off on it, maybe. Yeah, but if I'm not... Seven? No, I'm not no going to jump... to anybody. You know, yeah. it's just how much work no, the guy can do. I I don't want a book that I'm going to jump on and off of, depending yeah. on who's artist. I, I like, 
my reads being semi-consistent. I like going to the shop every month and picking up certain books. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have to pay attention to like, oh, well, who's on art on this one? Okay, well, this one I don't have to buy, but I need to remember to check next month because so-and-so might be on it. You get used to it when you just follow uh, Becky Cloonan around like a creeper, <laughs> like I do. Now, are uh, you... Books. <laughs> Paul, are you hoping this just is... Just not comic books. I don't follow around. This is going to be like the um, previous book that Martian Manhunter was in. What was that book called? Stormwatch. Stormwatch. Are you hoping it to be that kind of these heroes underground taking care of it if they're working in the shadows? I hope that it gets a little bit more fan appreciation than that original Star uh, the Stormwatch run did, because I kind of thought it was interesting, but it did turn out just to be the Apollo Midnighter book. Book. So, you know, it kind of got away from it. If I really want it, you know, I want Martian Manhunter on Checkmate, <laughs> you know? But I don't, I don't see it working, these characters working as the group that operates in the shadows. Yeah. And gets things done beforehand. The Justice League Extreme element with Stargirl in it. It's, and also, like, it's, it's a bizarre mixture. Like Green mm-hmm. Arrow and Hawkman. Like, I, I would have, like, brought in, like, all those, lesser-known heroes that kind of have that little bit of edge to them to but, do it. But Green Arrow see, and Hawkman, they... They have, they they have edge, together. too, though. Yeah. And here's the thing. If Hawkman's not selling, which it really doesn't sell too well, that could be one of those books that's going away. And mm-hmm. But do you see, like, oh, we're operating in the shadows. Hey, I think something's happening. Why? There's a giant hawk over there. You know, like... It, there's a giant guy dressed as a bat over there. Well, you know. Yeah. Batman would be in the shadows. So, <laughs> man could. I just... Oh, I'm in the shadows. There's got to be big shadows to hide those wings. I don't understand Catwoman suddenly being a team player. Like, I don't. It, it's a very gonna, weird mix. It's going to be the wild card. It's a weird mix. Um, Jeff John's attached to Stargirl again. is something uh-huh. that I was kind of... Oh, that's, that's kind of cool. That's I mean, I'm that's... excited about. That's his baby. Like, he created that character based off of his sister. sister. So I feel like if there's one character that's going to be written well in this, it's going to be Courtney. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Hawkman will be written Hawk, well. Hawkman. I mean, he's done it before. So. I, 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 I mean, Green Arrow or new Green Lantern. Lantern I think will be... and, and even him on, um, on Martian Manhunter. Like, I mean, he has respect for these characters, so mm-hmm. you're going to see them done well. It's just that meshing together. That's what I'm kind of worried about. And then, like I said, the art is a turnoff for me. But he's, I mean, he's good on team books with all those different people. Like JSA, you have all those different personalities working as a team. Like, okay, I can almost get to Justice Society here. Okay, we got Stargirl. We got Hawkman. I'm not... Right? (laughs) We got Catwoman, who's a cat, much like Wildcat, Wildcard... Therefore, if I just squint and imagine her as a wildcat, and there was a female wildcat for a while that actually turned into a cat, which was super weird. It was his so, son. No. There was a female. Uh, female one, too. And then his son, yeah, uh, later on. And then uh, who else is on the team? Green Arrow. Green Arrow. Who was, who was like Green Arrow that was on JSA? There's nobody. Sans? I don't know. <laughs> Our Man? Shotguns? Yeah. Uh, no... There's no speedster. Ah, can't really get there. I can't can't quite get there to convince myself it's the Justice Society book. But you're you're on board for it. I'm on board for the first few issues to see wh- what where the tone is. 
if the tone is something that I can enjoy. If Martian Manhunter is eating a cookie, I can probably get that. If there's mentions of mention of a pancake anywhere in there, I'm there. If somebody's dragging in chairs in order to, you know, actually sit in on the meeting because they ran out of chairs, I'm good. I I can get there. But if it's all dark and gritty, I, operating in shadow stuff, I, I probably can't. I don't think it's going to be that book, Paul. I I could be wrong. I don't know. But I think it's it's hard pressed to get there. But uh they were kind of uh you know, so we got three Justice League books still. You know, we even when we thought we were getting rid of one and we got uh Justice League Dark, Justice League and Justice League of America. And uh Steve Trevor has appeared in two of those three books, or will have appeared, or will appear in the future. Time machines. I get very confused with my tenses. I get tense about my tenses. He will have appeared in all of them. Did, did he appear in Justice League? I don't read Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. He's, he's a big proponent of it. He's, he's well, big not, in it. Well, not, not, he's, yeah. he's, he's a lot to do in it. Oh, good. So, he is that tie-in character for the big Justice League books, huh? Yeah. There you go. The, I have uh, just a little bit of movie news, but, Paul, do you have a, a movie announcement you want to make on the podcast? A movie announcement? Maybe mean, something? You we mean, wrapped up? You mean like our second annual Bag and Boardcast summer movie bracket buck, blockbuster <laughs> buster? You can't do it. <laughs> it's second, been a while. Second annual Bag and Boardcast blockbuster summer movie bracket buster. The yeah, that sounds about right. Something like that. Uh, with ten points, with ten correct picks, we can honestly say that, Chris, you are the winner. Followed closely by Aaron. With I have one nine. point. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm. I feel like I'm in good company because last year I didn't do that well. Um, and Aaron but, swept. He stole yeah. the show last I year. I think he had what, like 14 points last year. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I, uh, I'm happy to have my uh, name alongside his on the banners up at the top, <laughs> hanging from the bag and board rafters. Um, champion. It's a good feeling, and I'm just looking forward to that first pick. Uh, Next summer. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, John, you finished last. Yes. And I finished second to last. So we, we, you know, there was the top, we were the bottom, and Ed was right in the middle with seven. So, um, you know, it, it, it came down to Spider-Man not doing as well as we thought. Well, it did do well. It just, cause it opened on the Wednesday, it had all its money. It still did really well on the weekend, but. Yeah. I think we need to, when we set up the movie picks, maybe say the first three days of its showing. No, it's always the opening weekend, man. It's always the opening Paul's weekend. Paul's holding to that rule. It's a good rule. It, it yeah, happens every year. It does it because it's a summer. There's a lot of movies that come out. Right. It happens every year where there's a movie that comes out not during the weekend. Just Transformers was able to... Just steamroll through it, even though it opened up on a Thursday and not a Wednesday. This was a little bit longer between the two periods, but it's yeah, because it opened on a Tuesday. Yeah, but it's, it happens every year now. All right, the, all right. Both two years, the two years we've done this, <laughs> for the entire history of the bracket buster. <laughs> hey, I was just one point behind Ed and only one point ahead of John. So. Hey, I. I don't mind a rule change next year. I'm sure we'll talk about this. Uh, we won't remember to do it. Oh next no, year. We, we will. We will. It'll come up. 
But yeah, um, that was fun for us. Yeah. yeah. Avengers, of course, uh, won the overall yeah, bracket. I don't know why you would pick Dark Knight Avengers, baby. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. That, that could have made the difference for you. It, it, you know, Avengers did slow down at the end there, but uh, Dark Knight Rises <laughs> could not, that, not cannot. Avengers slowed down at the end there when it's still in theaters right now. <laughs> yeah, but it's not making that much money right now. You know, it uh, it kind of crested at the uh, four hundred and like twenty five million dollars. Kind of, that's where it's kind of been hoping around since ever since its fourth week. So, and Dark Knight only got about three hundred and something. So it it fell well behind. Still a shit ton of money. But look, yeah. but I was thinking that this Dark Knight Rises would make more money than Dark Knight, and it just did not. It it fell about fifty million dollars, like each week. You know, it was off about fifty million dollars. So there was a big difference, and also Brave. Brave uh, did a lot better than. Well, Cars Two last year that yeah. was the kind of the surprise upset because. Just based off the Pixar name and the marketing giant that that movie is, or licensing giant, I should say. But Brave written over and I, I, I still haven't seen Cars too. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would never watch any of the Cars movies. But I saw uh, the first one because first I'm one a, was, I was, it was it was bad. It was a Pixar great. fan. Yeah, but Brave uh, kind of lucked out in the bracket it was up against. You know, it just needed to get spy, by Spider Man, and then of course it was going to do better than Madagascar three. And then it just went Man, Against Car 3 was a surprise, though. That yeah. one did better than I think any of us but assumed. But again, I think it was in e- the really weak bracket where, you yeah. know, uh, it was like up against Dark Battleship oh, okay. to start off with. And then went up against uh, the winner of G.I. Joe Retaliation and Men in Black 3. So it only needed to get by Men in Black 3. And then it felt brave where, well, Dark Knight rises really easy bracket too and avengers yeah only had to beat really well it had to beat total uh dark knight rises to get into the finals so just a random draw gosh darn gi joe this is really bad movies this summer there was only like looking at it i went to three and they were all the top movies you know avengers brave and uh dark knight rises but other yeah. than that like was there anything really worth seeing other than Spider-Man? I should have probably wanted to see Spider-Man. Spider-Man was really good. Spider-Man was good. Uh, no. I saw a lot, I saw a lot of the movies on this list. And those are really... He's trying to, he was trying to help out his numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, cause I think I went to the same ones that competed, that competed against each other. So, yeah. Mm. None of us got Snowman, uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, right? Yeah, that was a surprise. Kristen Stewart just steamrolled through. She subpar acted her way past everybody. It's, it's so weird that these science fiction movies that I think are going to do a lot better in the summer aren't doing well. Uh, Remember, we, we all backed Super 8, and that did really small. No, that, you picked against Super 8, because it, you were picking against Green Lantern. Oh. Uh, I picked Super 8. Versus Green Lantern, and it yeah, it only made like fifty million dollars. Yeah, but it only cost like twenty to make, so it yeah. still made money. Oh, maybe um, maybe next year. Maybe next year, which we think will make more money over production. Okay. Paul, Paul's thinking about how you can make something about that. Well, I, they they 
not all movies will disclose how much their production was. Like Avengers, you don't know. You can get a, a roundabout idea, I think. They have, like, estimations. Yeah, but, like, Box Office Mojo, if they don't have the estimate, sometimes they just don't have the estimate, mm-hmm. and they put it up there, and that's who we use for our numbers. No. Uh, I trying to think about ways to mix it up. If you have any ideas, let us know. Contact at bagandboardcast.com. And uh, so the movie news that I have, it's something that we talked about on a couple shows ago. But guess who is going to be making an appearance? Sydney in... Poitier. <laughs> Cindy. What the hell was it? Sydney Poitier? Poitier. There we go. <laughs> That's who. In Man- He's coming to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> in Man of Steel. Brandon Roth. Wonder Woman. Really? You're probably not going to see the character, but you're probably going to hear the name is what they're telling us. Is this their marvelizing the DC universe? This is their marvelizing it by not putting a character in and making it a reference that probably only a handful of people are going to get. No, if so they're going to be calling her Robin. (laughs) Right? No, it's probably. If you say Wonder Woman, everybody's going to get it. Yeah, but it might not be. It might just be. Could be like a dino. Diana Prince, Prince or, or a like, yeah, exactly something something like that is what they're hinting at. Um, unless they can get their ball rolling, mm-hmm. we know with, that's with not going to who they're going to have cast as Wonder Woman. You're not going to see her, right? And we're not going to know yeah, the next Batman movie until a Justice League movie comes out. Exactly. So. That's where they're putting it, but you are they are saying that you're gonna see Wonder Woman. But probably just her name said. That's fine. Like it's a start. Like we got all excited because Amanda Waller was gonna be in Green Lantern, but that hasn't helped anything. Yeah. <laughs> that hasn't steamrolled, that hasn't helped DC's movies at all and I think DC movies isn't helping DC movies. <laughs> exactly. It's it's a cluster of of, of a it's a fuster cluck. Yeah. There you go. They, I mean, they have those moments, because remember, Clark Kent was supposed to be in Green Lantern. And then all of a sudden, they're like, no, he's not. No. But, I mean, they they need to help themselves, and they're not. Yeah. So, we are going to get a little glimpse of something Wonder Woman. I wonder, can we find that, uh, that Ellie McBeal uh, done Wonder Woman pilot? I've seen like clips of it online. I mean, I'm sure if you dig around, you can probably torrent it or something. Yeah, yeah. it's probably so, somewhere. I'm, I'm actually there's look- also that Aquaman tor- uh, pilot that was on. Yeah, I have no iTunes forever, but I have no desire to look that up. But we're getting an Arrow soon. Yeah, and I'm excited for uh, Huntress in that. Yeah, yeah they, which they got a lot of cool stuff coming up with that. I mean, between Deathstroke, Huntress. Uh, just what looks like an awesome green arrow. It 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 looks badass. Is Merlin going to be in it? I I, I think they're they, probably going to go they that call route. Him like Black Archer or yeah. something yeah, like that. Yeah, because they don't want to confuse the audience with why is he called Merlin? He's yeah. not a wizard, right? I, I know. I'm I'm looking forward to the show. Uh, yes. If you keep lo- if you keep checking the casting, like they have a lot of cool things being casted. So that's going to be cool. This is looking what like Smallville should have been. No offense, Paul. Well, there's like there's taken. Like one of the clips online that you see is like he is taken like he's taken hostage after uh-huh. these this group finds out that he's running around shooting arrows at people and he ends he kills all of them and he grabs the last one in a headlock and says nobody can know my identity and 
breaks the guy's neck. Oh. Like, it's a darker, mm-hmm. it's a darker, grittier superhero. No, no boxing gloves on the end of these arrows, huh? No. Nope. Does not seem it. Does? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. But, but something we can foresee is the books we're picking up this week. August 29th. So, Chris, yes. what book are you most looking forward to coming out on Wednesday? Um, as we discussed before the show, this is actually a fifth week, which is always kind of a reach for the comic book companies to find something kind of worthwhile to put out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting a lot of annuals this week yes, from over we at DC Comics, and it just so happens that one of those is one of my picks. It's the Green Lantern Annual Number One, written by Jeff Johns, art by Ethan Van Skyver, who I'm, I'm excited to see them back together. This is the conclusion of the, uh, arc that they're doing right now with the uh, return of the black hand and leading into the third army mini event i guess you could say because it's just going through the green lantern books uh coming up over the next few months or the best kind of events because that's how sinestro core war was you know what they had the one shots but i think that's green lantern books i'm hoping that's how dc handles stuff from now on it worked for green lantern it worked really well with the batman stuff Mm -hmm. um with the Court of Owls. Even the uh, Superman, the uh, what was it? The War for Krypton? Oh yeah, the War for Krypton. But that had... that was It was its own books? It was its own mi- little mini-series. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't weaving in and out of anything. So you could just buy those yeah. like four issues and you got the story. More little self-contained things because that makes it a little bit more accessible. Like, I don't mind buying five books in a month if I'm going to be able to get the whole story versus twelve and it's just like, oh, look, there's Batman chasing a owl around a rooftop. Okay, what what else is happening in this book? Yeah. Like, give me substance. Yeah. And you get my money. And you want substance? You gotta go Axe Cop number two from Dark Horse, because those books are a marathon of crap happening in them. It's amazing. And uh, are you writing that down? We can't say crap either? No, I don't think so, right? Crap's fine. Crap's fine. Wait, crap is fine, but isn't? No. If it's one of the... I already wrote down the number, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, if it's one of the seven words you can't use on TV. I don't know those seven. I haven't watched George Carlin in a while. <sighs> he's dead. He is dead. But, but Axe Cop is... Axe Cop, we re- we, he's going strong. Right. Axe Cop number two, president of the world... We reviewed this book last month. Um, we talked a lot about it. Well, because a lot happens in it. And uh, I'm I'm always excited for it. I absolutely love the Axe Cop books. Paul, how about you? Uh, I am looking forward to one of those annuals you were just talking to. What? About. It better not be mine. No, it's The Flash versus The Rogue. So we're going to get a start of a Rogue's War, which I always love. I remember when Wally West did it. So now I'm... <laughs> so now you... You're looking forward to Barry doing it. No, I'm looking back to the past to look forward to Barry doing it, but he's now the new Flash. So, uh, no. And this is a tour de force of artists. You got Francis Manipal, uh, Marcus Toe, uh, Scott Collins back on there, uh, and, uh, a bevy of others. So, it's I, gonna be good. I love me some Marcus Toe. Uh, I can't wait until. Are you guys excited for, uh, next month with Month of Zero? I really am, actually. I'm pumped for that. Um, you got your checklist right in the back, uh, supposedly coming out on this Wednesday. 
Well, kind of not to go back to the Week in Geek, but apparently reorders are plenty already for the, those zero issues. Stores are already going back and reordering stuff. Wow. So hopefully um, we see some good movement on those. And hopefully it's actually worth yeah, the movement. people picking up. Man, we should do some bag board bites, huh? We probably should. It's been a while. But, uh, and if you don't know what we're talking about, check out our YouTube channel, just Bagged and Board. We do uh, little five-minute comic book reviews, and they're pretty fun, because yeah. we're usually drinking. We usually are drinking, much like how we drink during this podcast. And, John, you just brought out the second beer. Second beer, the and second I think it's going to be a lot of the same. It looks kind of the same kind of color. Um, it's another Oktoberfest, Marzen. Uh, this is from Paula Honor. This sounds like it's just somebody making fun of my name. <laughs> Pollyanna. Pollyanna. Uh, it's another 5.8% uh, Oktoberfest from Munich, Germ- Germany. Another original Oktoberfest brewer. All right, this one I like a lot more than the Spaten. It's got a little bit more of that spice. I don't get that metallicness in the middle of the tongue. Yeah. yeah, there's no metallic taste. It's a little bit more even. Like, it's not like nothing up front and then flavor. It's pretty even. And it's almost ghosty that you get a lot of flavor after the swallow. There's a lot that lingers on the tongue, and then it kind of dissipates. Yeah, but it's it's a good lingering spice. Yeah. It's a good flavor that kind of hangs there. And then it kind of washes out kind of just crisply, yeah. like... It has a crisp finish, but nothing, but not like an apple bite crisp. It's just... It's not like the red oak crisp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it This is actually pretty... It's pretty good. I probably wouldn't ever really get it again maybe yeah. if i saw it on tap somewhere and there was nothing else on tap which we we say a lot yeah mm-hmm. but it's it's true like if i went somewhere and i had to pick between the two i'd go with a polyana easy like mm-hmm. i mean who knows it could be different on tap though but this it's not leaps and bounds better but it's enough that's like oh yeah i i prefer it it's nice it's mild it's nothing there's nothing in the flavor that's a, an affront to me but there's nothing in that flavor that is a what's the opposite of an affront a compliment i guess to me yeah you know it, it there's nothing there's nothing there that just makes your mouth water that you're savoring yeah. um so this will go up against whatever oktoberfest we bring next week mm mm-hmm. mhm which I mentioned, <laughs> any of those will probably surpass this. Uh, uh, one would hope, but yeah. I, at least I hope. It, it would be the most depressing bar we ever walked in if we saw just all the brews that we said. <laughs> if nothing else is on tap, I'll pick that up. And it's just a tap list full of those beers. Right. What do we do? What then? do you, you do? Then you order a milk. <laughs> Lou, give me a milk, chocolate. I guess that's that's when you flip you flip the coin. I guess I would just go Boston Lager or number nine. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're safe fallbacks. Yeah, yeah. but I, like those are kind of, like like at least number nine is not one of those ones that like we've. It, it's more of it's already that one that's on tap that you already yeah. get. Yeah. For those other ones, you never see on tap. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess yeah. I'd get this if I. Uh, yep, yep. But what we would always pick is going up to a comic book convention. Yay! Especially when it happens in our own backyard. Especially when we get press passes to go to it. I don't want to gloat about that. Yeah, I do. I thought that was cool. 
Obviously, uh, this is an old hat for you, John. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. You get to go all the time, Chris. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> I, I like doing it. It's fun. It's yeah, it makes you feel official. Yeah, it makes, it's a proud moment for me being on this show. Like, I, I've drunk a lot of beer with my friends. <laughs> we got to interview uh, Dan DiDio one time, and uh, I got a press pass. Like, that's it's kind of cool for me. Well, you know why? Because you're press, John. Yeah, we're members of the media. <laughs> yeah, we, we like are, it or not, we're here. We are the smallest of small press. We are micro press. We're we are micro press. Aaron and Steve, here's your news for you. Like we're gonna give you the lowdown. Because I imagine those are the only two people that tell us that they listen. Yeah, very Most true. Because people don't go on iTunes and rate and review us. Those guys have. I know they have. They also text me about the show. <laughs> we're so accessible. I'm staring through my microphone right at the people that haven't, though. I'm giving you an evil look. But if you haven't, there's no better time than now, and we're going to give you reasons why you should probably do that. Yeah, because we scoop things. Not really, because I found out online that it's, they're already talking about it. They're already talking about it, but not yet announced. It was news to us. Yeah. But, uh yeah, we did take some time, and uh my big thing was I we talked to Yannick Paquette and uh, Bob Swamp Thing. I was hoping to talk to both him and uh, Marco Rudy because they've been passing the book back and forth. Uh, but we got into quite a long conversation about just uh, a bunch of different things that he's working on, and he, he kind of let slip a little that uh, he will be doing basically Earth uh, 1, Wonder Woman, with Grant Morrison. Yeah. And, um, uh, Grant Morrison's only 30 pages into the script so far. 30 pages into writing it, even though he is done working... With DC after this year, he is still going ahead with By this. By he, we mean DC. Grant Morrison. Yes, yeah, sorry. Okay. He is still going ahead with working on this um, graphic novel. Which is good. Um, I'd be interested to see what he does with the whole gods idea, because we saw his take on new gods with uh, Final Crisis. You so, see, we're going to be seeing some new gods in Wonder Woman, yes. though, too. So, who, Well, we already have. Yeah. Because I read that book. We saw Owen. Oh, oh. Yeah, Orion. Yeah, because it was the end of uh, yeah. last one. Mm-hmm. So it might be interesting to see where they go with it. Um, from like Graham Morrison's been talking about this project for a little while now, and how he kind of wanted to go back to the crazy, like subversive sexiness of Wonder Woman mm-hmm. from the original Marston books, and DC was kind of like, no, no, no. But from what Yannick Paquette kind of said, we might be seeing that because. Well, it's one of those moments that only happens at a comic book convention. Because, mm-hmm. like, I was just kind of there listening more than anything else. Because it was Paul and another guy actually talking to mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Paquette about stuff. And they were talking... like Chris, yeah, Mr. Paquette. He, I don't know him. I can't, nice. I can't call him by his first name. That, that's a Paul rule. <laughs> that's a Paul that rule. A, that is a rule. Um, they were t- and there's a lot of really interesting talk about just how... The pay scale works almost. Like, we didn't get numbers, but he makes more money when someone buys a digital download mm-hmm. than buying a, like, floppy copy of the book. We got to learn, you know, he wishes he could see the hardcovers over single issues on the stands mm-hmm. because it's more kind of the crowd that they want they're going for. Well, with that but book. With that book, Swamp with Thing. The Swamp Thing, because he's saying, well, let's think about it because the trade just came out for Swamp Thing. And I said, well, do you think we're, he's, you would see more trade, this, the sales kind of pick up after this first trade? 
because you'll get the readers and then maybe they'll follow on the single issues. And he's like, well, they, you got a soft cover trade and I'd rather it be like a, a hard cover because, you know, this book is kind of geared towards a more mature comic book reader. It's, you know, it follows from the swamp thing from Vertigo, you know, it ties into some of that stuff. But even the Vertigo trades were always soft cover. Yeah. But, uh, he was kind of saying that, you know, you know, make it a more prestigious kind of book, something that looks nicer on the shelf. You know, I think people would be willing to pay this for this amount of craftsmanship that has gone into this book. You know, Scott Snyder's writing his heart out on it and I'm drawing my hand out on it because he does do crazy in that book. Um, also what was, <laughs> Paul, Paul's marking down the time. Also what's kind of cool is he actually likes the digital media for comic books because everything you see is exactly how it's drawn and colored. And according to him, Paul, get ready to write down a time. He said, Quebecor, who's the company that prints the comic books, always f***s up my colors. <laughs> so when you see Swamp Thing digitally, whether you're looking at it on your computer, mm-hmm. thank, thank you, Everson, on an iPad, on a Kindle, whatever you're looking at it, that's the actual coloring. That's how it's supposed to look. It's not getting washed out or like seeping into the pages at all. That is true. And I will say it, it, of course, it's going to be true for him because he works all digitally. He mm-hmm. says it's everything he does is digital, you know, with his work. So, uh, that has to be true. But looking at it on my computer screen, my contrast could be different than his contrast on his computer screen. So the colors will vary for every screen except for maybe the iPad because I don't know how you change the, the colors and everything on an iPad. I don't think you're allowed to, right? I like, think, I think you can. I don't know. Cause I, you can't we, do we it need, on We need iPhone. producer Scott here cause he's got one. <laughs> you can't do it on an iPhone, change the settings. You can just change maybe the brightness, you know, but, um, yeah, so I, I will agree that, okay, yeah, but well, it's backlit. When, so of course it's going to look less muddy. I got, when, I got completely f- away from where I was going with it too because. When he said that, Paul, did you go, I don't really care. I'm colorblind. No, it's not a point of, it's not a badge of honor that I'm a cripple, John. I don't. <laughs> Go around parading it and flaunting it. That's where your problem lies, Paul. Yeah. Oh, I should. I should try to get the pity. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) You've always done that when you played games. (laughs) Well, because honestly, I can't tell what color it is. Is it blades and claws or leaps and bounds? I'm going to use this power. You don't have that power. It says right here that's orange. I thought it was brown. (laughs) I was going to. I get perplexed. (laughs) What can I say? Oh, hero clicks references. That was a reference. But where I started off with this is we were sitting there talking to him about this awesome stuff that you don't really get just from like reading comic book news websites because this is one-on-one time with the creator. And as we're standing there, some dude just comes up and this is like, man, you draw Catwoman's ass better than anyone else in the business. <laughs> ass is a good, ass is allowed, Paul. We keep saying this. <sighs> Like, and it was just got kind of one of those moments where like, no, no, but only second to maybe yes. the, the, the video game from Batman, <laughs> Catwoman's ass. And, oh, yeah. and that's where it came up because like, oh, you should see what I'm doing with Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, Ampersand's licking in between my toes. Your dog's weird. Yeah, that's so do, you, do you have a cut there? No, he's just, he's like licking. Like he my heel. Attention. He just, he just he likes, likes your toe jam, Earl. Just pet him, uh, and then he'll stop. No. He's looking at the clock now. <laughs> he's like, oh, I gotta go to bed. It's 10, <laughs> it's 10, 10. Um, 
But it was just one of those moments that you could only get by going to a comic book convention and having that fan come up. Yeah, it's so weird, but you know what? It's so nice because when we do interviews and stuff, sometimes it's just because we, we've talked to the person before and we realize that they're great at talking or we've seen them at a panel and they just tell great, interesting stories. Like, my dream now is to get Ethan Van Skyver on an interview yeah, and Yannick Paquette on an interview because, man, he could tell a story. And yeah, I... I love just sitting there listening to them. And the thing is, like, when we're at a convention, I try to talk to people first, get a feel for them, you know, understand if they give a good interview before trying to get and have an interview with them. Because it would be a lot of work to just get yes or no answers. Yes. And it wouldn't be any fun to listen to. And we've always had that where Paul will strike up a conversation, like in Boston when you were talking to Stephen Rue. Yes. And it was just like... it was such an interesting conversation, and he's just telling you all this mm-hmm. just interesting stuff. Like, he wants to have a studio where he has different artists come, and they can all work together and draw yeah, stuff. Like, And not, like, for just comic books, but just to get artists together and work together like that. Like, mm-hmm. that's something really cool that he would want to do. And it, you have that moment where you're having these real nice conversations, and then it's hard to be like, do you mind if we record this? Yeah, because that's the thing. Our podcast is very conversational. Like, that's our aim. It's three friends talking over beer. And when we can, when we're talking to a creator in the same kind of way, that's the dream. Like, that's how I want all our interviews to be. Yeah. You know, and, and it's hard to judge that before you have any interaction with the creator. Oh, yeah. Like, because somebody over Twitter could be completely different than, except I think, uh, Jimmy Poliniotti is probably a very <laughs> interesting interview also. Right? Uh, uh, well, it was like when we we um, talked to the, the people on um, Adventure Time. Yeah. They were really interesting and fun to talk to as soon as we put that recorder down. It was almost, I wouldn't say it's like pulling teeth, but yeah, they kind of, dif- more difficult. it was more difficult for them. It becomes an interview and no longer a conversation. Which, that's actually... One of the things I really like about having more time at a convention, because I kind of wanted to talk about this, mm-hmm. um, just with how the weekend was, we didn't have the full four days to sit there. Because we have jobs. Day. We we have day jobs. This is something we do, like, Sunday nights, hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, basically, um, Fan Expo's been ex- like extended out. It was normally only Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. But just because it's constantly growing, more and more people are going every year. As they rightfully should, because this is consistently one of the best conventions I know. I think that I've ever gone to. And they're now making big announcements, comic book wise, there at the convention, like they did with the Justice League of America. Yeah, I, I, you know. And they, they've added another day, so now they have a preview night on Thursday. And Paul, you weren't able to go up to that, but John and I went, and it was honestly just like a regular Friday or Sunday at the show. And this is. They were only open from 4 o'clock until 9 o'clock. And we got there after wrestling with that traffic outside of Toronto <laughs> that we always wind up hitting. And we walked out the floor and it's like, whoa, there's a lot of people here for mm-hmm. a preview night. And we didn't really know what to expect because we'd never gone to a preview night before. We didn't know, you know, if everyone was going to be there, if people were going to be still setting up their booths. Yeah. Really what to expect. Even you said you um, saw Greg Capullo. Arrived like Friday. He arrived like Friday night, Night, yeah, and that was because Mm -hmm. his plane got delayed. So I mean, that always happens, like on the guest list, and then you get there canceled. 
you know, yeah. and a lot. Who knows what those kind of things are? Um, but yeah, like Greg Capullo couldn't get there till Friday, but I think he was a Friday night. I think he was planning on getting there Friday morning and going to the convention. Um, but yeah, it it really almost all the artists were in Artist Alley. Mm-hmm. The only thing you didn't have are like the big celebrities doing their signing and um, pictures and everything like that. But I mean, Lou Ferrigno wasn't there? Lou Ferrigno wasn't there. Oh, Thursday? They, oh. I did notice they had a um, much bigger autograph signing area this year from what they've had in previous. Yes. Normally it's always like a row of tables and chairs set up where you might have like eight people or so. This time, Paul, we didn't walk through there. No. But it was almost like back to back where yeah, they like just had double, two complete rows. Double sided. And they had some really awesome guests there this year too. Um, one of the people that I wish you know, perfect world we'd be able to talk to, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Like, yeah. he was there, John Barrowman from Doctor Who and uh, Torchwood. I would love to talk to him because he's a fan. Captain Jack? Captain Jack. He's a fan who does, like, an awesome show like that. From, um, I follow someone on Twitter and they, they were up there. And, not Twitter, um. Facebook? No. With the pictures. Tumblr? Tumblr. Oh. And they have a picture of him and, like two of his female friends uh, with a picture with him. And they wanted the picture. There's one where he's like looking over his shoulder, giving like a sexy look. Uh-huh. Um, so they asked if they could get a picture of him doing that. So he goes, okay, but only if you're touching my ass. And then he goes, don't be about it. Really squeeze. So there's a picture of three people squeezing his butt. Uh, and then at the end, he's like, who had their who had their fingers in my crack or in my crack? And then he's like, "Smell it. it smells like lemons." <laughs> like, <laughs> just, who is this person? John Barrowman, oh. Captain Jack. Oh. so I mean, it's he seems he's like, omnisexual. Yeah, he sounds like somebody would just be a lot of fun to 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 have an interview with or talk about some because yeah. he yeah. just seems like a lot of fun. And and that's what we go up to this stuff for. Like originally when we first started going to conventions, it was like, oh man, we. Got to get hero clicks, action figures, comic books. I need to fill in these holes in my run. And then yeah. it's it's moved away from that. Like now it's oh, I want to you know see the artists and talk to the artists. I want to talk sketches. to them. I want to get sketches. I want to see if I can find that that awesome page that I can get for dirt cheap. Yeah. And that's so much more what this is about. Like we the night John and I were there, we did a quick walkthrough of all the vendors just because we were there with your friend Joe who hasn't ever been to a convention before. Never been to before. a convention before. And like there was just so much stuff there. Like I kept looking back at him and he was just kind of taking it all in. I was like, you doing okay? And he's like, yeah, just digesting. Cause yeah. like there's always something somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, we, we kind of told him like, you're going to want to buy something, hold off. Cause you don't want to carry it. That. And it's just, you don't want that impulse buy. And he's like, I kind of wanted to get a T-shirt. I kind of wanted to get this or that. And I, he, I think he was just too shell shocked the whole thing to yeah. actually buy stuff because we kept asking like anything you want to see. He's like, I don't know, I don't know. And then he was even worse when we were just standing and uh, Stan Lee walked by us. Uh-huh. And after that, like he just like he he looked like a deer in the headlights for like the longest time. Which that was probably one of my favorite moments of the convention, and it was just. We were standing there because we were showing him where the signing aisles were for, like, the comic creators. Like, your big names, like your uh, Ron Garneys, 
the J. Scott Campbells, how they have a table in Artist Alley, mm-hmm. but then they also have their own like sections where they're scheduled at certain times just to accommodate all those people that want to get Assigned. signatures on 50 books. So we're standing there, and he's kind of just like looking over the schedules, and I see security coming around a corner, and I'm like, that's a lot of people in polo shirts. Like, what's what's going on? And... Like, I'm like, there has to be someone like famous coming. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to like fumble around for my phone. And all of a sudden I hear, boy, am I going to be tired. And then I like, I'm reaching for my phone and I elbowed you in the back because I was like, that's Stanley. Oh my God, that's Stanley. Mm-hmm. And I managed to snap a picture of the back of his head. <laughs> and like security kind of like just like pushed me back a little bit, but it was awesome. <laughs> like that was, that was the high point of my weekend. What that was, what was really funny is, he he elbows me in the back and I turn and look and there's this big heavy set like Mexican guy. And I'm like, why is he showing me him? And I turn and I look back the other way. And then I go, Oh wait. And I turn back because I'm like, Chris would have just like, hey, like it had to have a reason. So I turn and look and there's Stan Lee just kind of like coming through. And it was just like Audio wow. podcast, John. That walk does not translate. Yeah, John. John was doing like a like a weird like. like I'm walking alpha, down the aisles, like alfalfa going out on a date with a Darla. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's why I made the do 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 noise. Oh, uh, but yeah. Then you, I mean, it's just like it's just kind of like wow, living legend, like walking in front of me, and then it's like, oh, he's so old. Like it just made me like he's not going to be around forever anymore. Hey, he's still able to walk around that convention floor by himself. So. Yeah, but he's going to be so tired. <laughs> so tired. He's going to sleep well that but night. But that was, that was awesome. It's much better than me almost tripping over Seth Green. <laughs> he's, he's a tiny dude. I know. I almost tripped over. No exaggeration when I say trip. Let bump into, like, trip. Almost tripped over Seth Green at one convention. That was in, like, Philadelphia yeah. in, like, 2004 or, like, yeah, 2005. Yeah, when he was uh, showing off Freshman. When yeah. When he was going and debuting uh, his comic book work, Freshman. Freshman from over at uh, Image. Yeah. Or was it ID- IDW? No, it was, it was Image. Okay. Yeah. Because um, that was, like, a giveaway that they had. I think uh, we got, like, a free copy of number one in our bags or something. Okay. I don't remember. I don't it remember. Was, it. it was I a while ago. I getting something. Maybe it was a poster or something. Yeah. Little that I know. That he would soon do voiceover work for one of my favorite video games of all time. <laughs> oh, Mass Effect. <laughs> yep. But I, our focus has really shifted. And I, I'm glad that Fan Expo is really growing as we've kind of grown as fans because mm-hmm. Artist Alley seems a lot bigger now. You do get a lot of just those small press people there that are trying to push their self-published stuff. The yeah. anime artists that do the prints. But I, I feel like there are more, quote unquote, names there mm-hmm. now that it's like, wow, this person, this person, oh, this person, Becky Cloonan, like, yep. who I who I didn't see, Paul. Amanda Connors, I didn't see her either, and I didn't see Becky Cloonan, and yeah, well, I got there so late, like, yeah. you know, I could only go on Sunday because of work and everything that was going on, and um, yeah, so I, I I barely got any time at the show, but it was a it was a really nicely laid out show for the first time, Fan Expo. I think this, one of the years they finally kind of got it right. This is the second year that I've been there that's been in that back room. Yeah. That, the south building, I guess. Instead of the north building. And, well, the year previously they had moved it up to the front building again. Mm-hmm. 
And this was after they had already moved it to the back area where they had more space. And yeah. it was just so many people in such a small area because they they are gathering mm-hmm. more and more attention every year now. Yeah, because what they had it on the two levels, what, two years ago? Well, they've always had, like, the when they were up in the front, they'd always have the panels up in that front kind of area with, like, the carpeted spot, mm-hmm. and then you would have to go back up the escalators to get to the main show the floor. floor. Yeah. Um, and then after they moved to the back, they've kind of got more space because they would use the uh, panel rooms up on the top floor mm-hmm. while the rest of the show's downstairs. And we, we know who we are. We're not going to be, you know, we're not Newsarama. We're not comic book resources. We're not the sites that people are going to for the breaking news because we can't. Yeah. We have we have day jobs, and it's only us that would post stuff or put up a podcast. So it's not like we need to go to the every panel to see what's happening because we can't go to every panel. And you know, when we were first going as fans, we wanted to because that's how we would hear stuff. But now the internet's there, and there's websites that will have yeah. everything out there. And now it's just you know wanting to take part in the conversation, and we hope everybody that listens wants to take part in that kind of conversation about what books are coming out and what they're excited for and what they would want in books, you know? Yeah. I still like go I still like going to the the panels. It, yeah, like it's not you can turn on your computer and find it out. Mm-hmm. But I like those moments of the creators talking about what they're gonna be doing and, mm-hmm. and how they feel about it. Like those are always kinda I do like those. I wish there were a better level of question. When it yes. turns yes. to the fans. Yes. And the thing is, like, I really can't say anything because I never late raise a decorum in those situations either. <laughs> so there's no re- reason for me to, you know, complain about that. Well, and, but that's what you can do when you have that one on one time with yeah. them at their table because they can say something and you can be like, well, what about this? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you guys get to see those digital sales numbers? Yeah. Like, how does that work? Mm-hmm. And, that's not something you could just yell out when you're in a panel because yeah. you're going to just going to completely throw that off because it's not a conversation. It's someone talking to a room full of people. Some of them might be dressed up as Deadpool. Some of them might just be there to sit down and look at what they have in their bag. Yep. And to wait for the next panel to yes. start. So yeah, I, I overall, I, I was happy with this year's. Uh, we did uh, go with your one friend, Ben, yep. who, who's a big video game guy. Ben's a video game guy, and he went up because the whole, like, back maybe, like, third of it, quarter? Yeah. Uh, well, the, the back quarter of the video game section yes. was definitely devoted to Halo 4. It was all Halo 4, and he's a big Halo guy, so he spent some time in there playing it. Um, and he was saying that the multiplayer felt exactly like Halo 1 and Halo 2 again. And he's very Which, pleased. Those were the only ones that I actually really played and enjoyed. So that's that's awesome news for fans of those original ones. Three four three is trying to go back to those quote unquote glory days before you know Reach and ODST when it was something fresh, something mm-hmm. cool, something that tried to grab your attention. And uh, he also played a little bit of the uh, Assassin's Creed three. The three happens. The three happened. He's like. Was pretty good. He'd liked it. It it Assassin's Creed's one of those games. I can't play the new ones until I finish the old ones. Yeah, but I I would play it, but then I got Batman, so I just yeah. played Batman instead. <laughs> but while we were there, um, check out some footage for st- other stuff coming out, like the PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. 
which actually looks pretty fun. It's Super Smash Brothers. It's, it's a Super Smash Brothers clone, but better graphics. I mean, that's that's kind of enough. Um, some God of War Ascension. You're so pulled which, out of Super Smash Brothers. Like you're never really, really that all that close up to the action. Yeah. So does it really matter? Like, Who you're playing as? No, no, the step up in graphics oh. and graphical quality when you're that pulled out from the action. Does it? It is nice to have better graphics, though. <laughs> it's, it's like saying because well, you're not always that pulled seven, out, though. You, you, my television is 720p, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a 32 inch television. This is first world problems. I understand. <laughs> uh, but it won't matter if I went up to 1080p because it's such a small it's screen. It's a smaller screen, yeah. And I'm going to be sitting so far, far enough. I'm not, I'm not going to be sitting far enough away or that close to it where it will matter. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying with like Super Smash Brothers. Like, you're never going to be that close to the action where that kind of resolution will really kick in. Like, you're not going to be zoomed into the details and actually pay attention to the texturing of the wall that's or the floor that you're standing on the grid platform yeah because it doesn't matter pong is still a great game because that's all it needs to be mm. you know it's two lines and a square you know that's all it needs to be because that's all it is so but sometimes it's those little details that are there that that make something like you might not be able to see it but that's one of those are like but we also have this in here you can't see it does it, is it there? Yes, air is here and I can breathe it. Stop email, no, email yeah. us, please. Paul, Paul doesn't mean to stop. Contact at beggingboardcast.com. No, but then, but Paul, you know what? If you ever do get a bigger TV that goes up to 1080 and then you play that game on there, you're going to be like, wow, this looks so much better. Like before I got my Sony 3D display, I had like a smaller tube TV. Mm-hmm. Just even going up to like that 26 inch. Things look so much better. You're going to be sitting really close to that 26 inch. Uh, it's designed well, I, for you to sit really yeah, close I, I to it. Yeah, I play it. I sit on my bed and I play games. Like, if I'm sitting farther back, yeah. like, yeah, you know what? It still looks fine. Yeah. But, but it's designed for you to be sitting there. You know, mm-hmm. that's why the resolution is going to be higher on that than it is when for a regular television display where you're designed to be sitting at least seven feet away from it. Yeah. You know? That's that's what I'm getting at. Still, we, we talk about graphics like it, it's well, if it doesn't have the best graphics, then it's not worth it. But there are games that are still worth it. The graph, my side of the table is that graphics are a nice bullet point. They're nice icing on the cake, but they don't make the cake. Mm-hmm. It's not like if it's a great gameplay and great idea, and it's followed through and executed well. I'm going to play that game over and over again versus the game that has the best graphics you know i might be playing um what knights of the old republic more times than i am going to play this new star wars games coming out what is it called again it's a stupid number the 1313 yeah 1313 numbers what what it's it's that level of course but it's going to be like the best graphical experience on a Star Wars game ever since Nintendo 64. Right? And, uh. I don't think they ever hyped it up like that. <laughs> I think they did. They, they were no. very excited about that. Because. <laughs> very excited about that. The Star, what was that Star Wars game for the end? Shadows of Shadows, the Empire? Yeah. I think they hyped the graphics. They, uh, they hyped the graphics for everything. 
because I think it was the first true 3D uh, Star Wars game other than Dark Forces, right? So <laughs> it's just right like we would know. Right? <laughs> I, well, I'm asking the internet. I'm asking the people that I'm having a conversation with uh, with the internet. He's no longer making eye contact with us, <laughs> staring at the microphone. So, uh, but if 1313 isn't any fun to play, I'm going to play Old Republic again, Knights of the Old Republic again, and have a better experience with that, even though the graphics aren't as great. Okay, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Now, if you could get a similar gameplay experience to Knights of the Old Republic. Yes, then. But with better graphics. Wouldn't you rather? That's the icing. And that's what, that's what it is. And, I'm just saying, do I need another Super Smash Brothers game though? I don't think so. No, you you really, you don't, but this is the first one from another company. Yeah. So it's something for those PlayStation fans that want to play as Parappa the Rapper or Sackboy or Kratos because I can already play as uh the old uh, Solid Snake. That's true. Season Smash Brothers. I'd rather play as Nathan Drake though, because you like having your shirt half tucked. Yeah, it's half tucked right now. Because <laughs> when you listen to him, you're like every other character. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I wish I could be a voiceover actor. It'd be so cool. It would be cool. You were right. You'd be so much cooler. Wait, uh, is that what we were talking about? Yes, yes, that is exactly what we're talking about. Um, you know, it, I would feel like I was a rock star if I was a voiceover actor. And I can imagine, you know, people that love comic books wanting to be rock stars. And those two people, and two of those people we interviewed over at the Fan Expo. And they, uh, formed a group together. They mastered their selves into a awesome rock band duo called Kirby Crackle. <laughs> I am trying to it, segue the it hell out you, of it. It took you so long to get there. And man, and just like you have awesome things coming together with PlayStation Battles, All-Star Royale, whatever it's called, Nerds Rock Band, boom, coming together, Kirby Crackle. No, that just made it sound like you were talking about Rock Band, the video game. Nerds Rock Band, boom. I had two hands and they were coming together in an explosion of awesomeness. Peanut butter, jelly, yep. go! Much like Kirby Crackle is and always will be. Uh, once again, we're joined by Kyle from Kirby Crackle. Uh, thank you very much again for taking the time out of your busy weekend to join us. Uh, we love to have you guys here to talk to us. We love listening to your music. Thanks, man. Glad, to, glad you guys want to talk to us. Um, you're, you guys are great. Um, right here, you got a postcard in front of me. You're a nerd rock band. Yes. What is a nerd rock band for people who might not know? Um, so we write songs about video games, comic books, pop culture, zombies, just the stuff in, in geek nerd culture that we love, only set to the tune of what's what people refer to as real songs. These are quotation fingers in the air, uh, which I guess that means sounds like stuff that would be of, of mainstream chord progressions and just sounds like Foo Fighters meets Weezer meets R. Kelly, if I have my view of what no, it I, sounds like. <laughs> I, I can definitely see where you're going with the R. Kelly, because yeah. uh, your newest album, Superpower Love, <coughs> yeah. has, has got a little bit more of a hip-hop rap influence on it. Kind of, um, yeah. Especially you've got Guest Stars on it, you've got Adam Warren. Yes. Jim uh, Key the Master. The Great. Yeah, Jim Key the Great. Um, also, kind of surprised me, Christina Horner. Yes. Who I know from All Caps and stuff with Ministry of Magic. Yes, yeah. Um, 
How did that happen? Uh, well, we knew Christina um, uh, from All Caps and just, you know, all her YouTubes that she does and stuff. And then uh, we needed a female uh, voice to sing the lead. And we thought, people know you. This will be fun. And she's really sweet. And Adam, uh, we just did a tour with him in February. Uh, and he's someone we wanted to do something with for a while. And then GMK, we just had to bring him back. Mostly because, so we did uh, Comic Shop, which is the parody version of Candy Shop. It's the first parody we've done. but And we were going to be like non-parody band, but yeah. basically we just did it before someone else could do it because yeah. I was going to be pissed if someone else did it. <laughs> and so I started rapping it and it was really horrible, so we had to get GMK in to do it. And now I just embarrass myself live when I do it. So not on record forever, only on the few times left. You're a nerd rock band. It's okay to embarrass yourself. Yes. I mean, we're at a comic book convention. Yes. Obviously everyone here loves what they do, but we don't take things too serious. Correct. We're all sharing the embarrassment. We share in the communal yes. embarrassment yeah. of everything. It's all good. I'm into it. I, that's the best way to do it. That's the only way I enjoy it. I just think I'm bringing other people down with me. Yeah, yes. Let's all just swirl to the bottom together. That's what I think. So since the last time we've talked to you, you've had a song come out on Rock Band. Yes. Bring past me. I yeah. know you guys were trying to get that on the Green Lantern soundtrack. Yeah, Vault 101's on there, too, on, on Rock Band. Oh, nice. I yeah. Been on Rock Band we tried to... Uh, I, I've been on... Rarely, mostly because I flunk out of my own song all the time, and that's really disheartening. That's got to be on like really a primal sad. level. Yeah, like this is so messed up. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to get better. Um, so at, you're not ready for a play against the pros? No, I'm what, not ready for it. Yeah, yeah, like on Xbox. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, we we did a. Um, yeah, we tried to get on the Green Lantern soundtrack, and we got as far as the uh, music supervisor. And then I think they went with Nickelback or something, which is fine. And uh, they're, they're not a nerd rock band. We don't no, listen to that. They're not a nerd rock band. But uh, I have a theory they're more nerdy than any of us. Well, they were on also the Spider-Man soundtrack, right? They, they were on the Spider-Man soundtrack. They get That's all the good like stuff. Yeah. Nickelback. Uh, they get the stuff that we want to get. Are, That's are they just pandering uh, to the Canadians? <laughs> are, are they, oh, I forgot they, they are Canadian. Are they I'll basically about, your arch enemy now? Um, no, some people said that was French Canadian, but okay. that's not true. We're all those those ties are mended, and uh, <laughs> no, they're not our arch. And I am going to send them a blender because I know Avril Lavigne and Chad Kroger got engaged right? last yeah. week. So as far as Canadian nuptial news, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> uh, We're so topical. I love it. Okay. on top of our news. Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. No, we we love everybody. That's a great. Um, you superpowered love everybody. You superpowered love everybody. Well, we call it that because last year was kind of like a love thing. I was getting married and Jim had a new girlfriend. So we we're like, well, let's just try to figure out the 13 degrees of nerd love, whether it be like, you know, love of real life superheroes or love of uh, Thor or love of booties that do math. That, that booty does math. That booty does math. I, huh? That's actually probably my favorite song on the album. Just Thanks, man. I had a dream actually... that one young man would say that one day. I, did, wow. I came up with that song in the shower and I was in the shower for like half an hour. My girlfriend was like, what are you doing? And Because I was just like, bum, 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 in the shower. And she's like, what is that thing you're singing? I'm like, oh, never mind. Anyways, that's how that song that came. That is a lot be. more productive than I am in the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's where I zone out. So um, we're just trying to see what we can get away with. And so far, we got away with that. And we're going to try to get away with a lot more stuff. Because 
Where, where do you go now? Like you guys, um, this is your fourth year at Fan Expo. Yeah, fourth year at Fan Expo. Uh, you can tell you're you're prime space right now. So you're next to what the court. hell is this? We have you a, are a pillar. We have a huge of, of the community. The no, we have a huge girthy pillar in front of us that we've named that's George. Not, that's not a tall joke about me either. No, no, no. I'm sure you're girthy, but I'm re- <laughs> I'm referring to this right here. Yeah. Jim would say like a tuna can. That's how Jim refers to him. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole other podcast. So, <laughs> we, we just realized a, 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 a Spider-Man song called Whip Slinger, Hope Ringer, and we're starting to do singles in between albums, and then uh, next month we're putting out a song called One More Episode, which people who have heard it say that's like the best song we've done, so I'm psyched about that. Like, we played it last night for the first time in front of a crowd that, that didn't know it, and they all sang the backing... There's like on the CD it goes one more episode and then the background it goes one more and everyone did that last night at the show without even hearing it so I'm like okay this is good like this this is this, this means something good I can't wait for people to hear it and then um, I don't know we're thinking for our next album maybe to make it less character driven and more just general nerd lifestyle stuff like one more episode is about you know watching TV shows and box sets late into yeah. the night and then your life gets wrecked and, and you uh, can watch one more episode yeah one more episode yeah and then we want to write a song called Cozy Pants O'Clock it's like <laughs> basically it's like for everyone in their 30s is what we're trying to write a record for it's like, like kids are like I don't get this this sounds pathetic but we'll all be like we get it yeah, we know we're, we're Cozy Pants starts getting earlier and earlier and earlier and earlier until like basically you don't change so that's like what that's what our thought is for the part is it's sad because right now I'm at about 6.30. 6.30 is okay. And I get home about 5. Yeah. So 6.30 is about my cozy pants o'clock time. So you, do you live with anybody? Yeah, yeah, my wife. Your wife, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I would expect that she'd be like, kind of just seeing your people clothes for a little bit before you get no, into home. She's usually the one that's She's the first one. She's the first one. Is it cozy pants time yet? Yeah. So I'm excited for that, you know, and then um, uh, I don't know, so I don't know, we got some topics here. What are we working at? I don't know. Just, like, maybe this is why we're fat, singing songs about, like, deep-fried butter sticks and stuff like that. Just fun stuff. More touring coming up. More touring. Yeah, we'd love to get back to Toronto full band. We still haven't ever done that. It's pretty expensive to bring the full band over, but we did the Nerd Noise show last night, and that was really fun. And I want to figure out some kind of sponsoring situation of getting the full band over and and some more East Coast action, even if it's just me coming over and going up and down. I mean, you guys do a lot of stuff over on the West Coast. You're from Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Um, Honestly, we're from Buffalo, and the only time we ever see you is up here in Toronto. I know. Or Buffalo, New York, right? Okay, but do you go to uh, NYCC then? No, you don't go to that. Okay, that's so an eight-hour drive. Yeah, oh, that is okay. I don't know the. I guess the distance. Yeah, that's yeah, so all the way across the state. This is yeah. two-hour drive up, so we nice. get to listen to one. This of is your way better. Yeah. yeah, this is way better. <laughs> this we would need your entire discography for. Yes, yes. Uh, we have stickers now. You feel t- for you to take a sticker, but yeah, we're gonna try to get up here more. And, and full band is my dream for next year. So we'll see if that happens. <laughs> Yes, uh, you know it's like one of those things where it's like you can you know spend your budget on touring and stuff like that, or put out more records, and so that's why we're kind of like weigh the options. Yeah. That you have a lot to sell at the tour, you know. Yes. Time. Yes. But with the full bands, can't you connect? Like you have a website, right? Yep. Yep. The people that live in the area and maybe like try to hire them over the internet, like to Possibly. then meet them at the show and then like. Do a rehearsal in the air for the Yes, well, we're doing that in uh, Las Vegas yeah. for the first time, so we're trying that out. So I'm going there, and there's going to be like a, a trio of guys that we're going to play with and stuff, mm-hmm. so that'll be fun. So maybe instead of shipping them there, just like tapping into your fan base that wants to play with yes, you. Yes, know, yes. And that you can tell are good. Yes, you know, yes. Them. It had to be like a certain kind of like, can we play together good, you yeah, know? Yeah. 
Hey, Jim just showed up. You're out of your the, corner of badness. The Kirby Crackle just doubled in here. Have you learned Holy your lesson? F. Have yes, you learned your I have, lesson? I have learned my lesson. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. Are you really sorry? I've, I've learned. I've learned to apologize. Okay. Back in the circle of trust. All right. You're, you're welcome back with open arms. <laughs> um, so. Talk about releasing songs digitally, working on the next album. Any more soundtracks you want to get into? Like more soundtracks. Avengers two, maybe. Yes. Close stuff off to Joss. You, you, let, you let them know, and okay. we'll do it. I, I will dial them up right away. Call up Joss and be like, "We have your theme song." They've been asking us for a long time, and we just between like building our pools and our jets and stuff like that, we just weren't motivated. But for two, I think we're in. After we saw one, because we weren't sure if it was going to be any good. Like it looked pretty crappy. <laughs> and it sounded pretty crappy. Just the idea of it. Just the whole thing. We're like, ugh, mu- comic book characters on the big screen. You're probably I- smart to pass. <laughs> and they, I mean, you know, and this, and the Joss Whedon guy, kind of a kind of a shady track record. Kind of flash in the pan. I think. That's right. But then we saw the movie, and it impressed us just enough, not too much, just enough that we'd like to be involved with the next one. Well, you don't want a dashboard professional yourself. That's true. Got onto a soundtrack, and then. Not heard of from again. I know what happened. That's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. Good reference. But to answer your question about digital, yeah, we want to start putting out more singles throughout the year. Like, we released a cover of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, just something that I just play and solo shows at wineries sometimes, you know, earn some extra cash. So, stuff like that. Just to get more content out there. The um, video for In Another Castle is coming out Tuesday. That's a new animated video by Betsy Lee, who's like our longtime an- animator, you know. And this one done in a really cool sort of 8 slash 16 bit style so it goes with the song and so it feels like kind of playing an old uh, Super NES you know uh, Mario game and then we're looking at yeah in the next few months releasing a couple of new singles and kind of tying in some stuff with that trying to do more of that throughout the through the end of the year until we kind of groove into the, the new album while we're doing our writing and getting together and putting, a, putting our nerd foot forward yeah yeah yep you guys do have a strong digital presence online. I mean, you've got website, Facebook, uh-huh. Twitter. I'm trying. Probably Google Plus. No Google Plus, yeah. Okay, no, oh, no, no Google Plus. We, we, we have it, but we're not. Google Plus is basically the anti Avengers number one. You're the only person on it, Paul. Okay. Teach us your ways. I don't know what I'm doing. I just find it hard to even interact. Just in life? It's like, oh, I thought you were just saying life. Oh, no, in like, life, in life, it's horrible. Yeah. I'm, like, shocked we're having a conversation, to be, to be fair. But well, you're been, really talking to the control of the... Uh, you know what? And I am comfortable now. with machinery. Yeah. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> what are we talking about? Mostly what you um, said. But. That's what I said. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry is what I say a lot. Have you noticed the... Uh, sorry, ladies. Like, the web following helping you guys out here, like, people come by and be like, oh, I've seen you online. I heard... Ring Fessy from like, Joe Casada tweeted about it a while yeah. ago. Um, yeah. I saw, oh, I saw you guys played a show with Joe Q at like a convention. Like, yeah, different things over the course of the of the year. Like when we start, we were doing this concert with Joe Casada for a while in uh, 2010. Like that was like a step up, you know. And then the ring capacity thing was a step up. And the new album's a step up. And then Wired writing something. So every year is just like a little bit more. And it's kind of interesting to see, kind of like, okay, what's the? It's like a mark in the sand of. So we'll come here next year, and we'll remember what it was like this year, and more people know us, or, you know. It's also interesting to see uh, where people, where, where discovery happens. Yeah. yeah. So we'll have people come up, and they'll walk by, like, Curry Crackle. 
wait, did you guys do the theme song for Comic Geek Speak? And you're like, yeah. It's like, yeah, I love that. It's like, hey, have you heard any of our other stuff? No. All right, well, let me play you something from this. And all of a sudden, it's like, all right, so the discovery happened there. Or it's the, hey, I saw some video that was linked on Smosh. Like, what do you think? And that's how we got into it or whatever. And so the more we're out there and just putting out product and letting people know that we're there from different avenues, the more we're finding that people will come up and tell us they're hearing us from those avenues. Yes. You know, it's awesome. At what point will you feel like, okay, we've made it? We are nerd rock overlords. Uh, <laughs> we are we are the Nickelback of nerd rock. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yes. whoa, Yeah, you missed that conversation whoa. earlier. Uh, it's cheap Nickelback jokes. They're, they're easy to do. They're yeah. Yeah. They're but they're rich in rock. Rock. So Wait, there did, you go. Did you tell them my awesome joke that I heard? <laughs> no. Oh yeah. All right. What concert costs forty five cents? What? Fifty cent with Nickelback. Oh. Uh, Thank you. Thank you to my brother, George, Thank who told you, me George. that joke from Facebook. Thank you, George. <laughs> All we know is it. the more shows we do and the more times we go back to the same city and people sing in the crowd and know the words and be like, this song's called Roll Over, and then people cheer because they know it. Like, that to me is like, that to me feels like making it or whatever that is on just a different scale than like a huge band. Like, that's still the same experience, only on a smaller scale. And that stuff, like, you can't buy. So we're very thankful when people interact with us like that. Like, that to me is the most fun. Yeah. And there's not there's not a, a right answer as in like oh until we play Wembley you know that's not that's not our goal I think it's just continuing to entertain people with the music that we create and continuing to see the appreciation and joy from people who are enjoying our music and that's really like where I I already feel very successful in as much as cool people like our stuff you know when we get an email that says hey you know we used one of your songs as our first dance at our wedding like who gets who gets to do that you know what I mean yeah. that's that's really awesome and so just that is enough and also to play Wembley <laughs> play Wembley yeah well Kirby Frackle where can people find you online if they don't know what we're talking about and you yes. should by now we talk about you guys a lot well, thank you. Uh, it's KirbyCrackleMusic.com, which is the hub of all our stuff. Um, single news, album news, you can hear all our records and everything we do on our website for free. Um, we do guitar lessons of how to play our songs on the YouTubes. And uh, we're very accessible on Twitter. And, and, you know, we play people's parties. Or if people want to ask questions, just send us an email. You'll get response back. And it's all love. Kyle, thank you very much for uh, your weekend time here. We thank you. Thank thanks you. for having us. Thanks yeah. for supporting the Keep Nerd Rock. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Well, that's going to wrap us up for this episode. Make sure you tune in next week. We're going to be doing our August look back. Wow, the end of August already. I know. Kids, get back to school. Go and back. When- go back to school. Get out of the comic book shop. I want to. I want to browse around. But when you're on the bus driving in, you listen to our podcast on your iTunes device, on your Zoom Marketplace device. Are we even still on Zoom Marketplace? <laughs> we're Does MP3. anyone still have a Zoom? Hey, we're MP3. Anybody can download us and put us on a portable portable device, you know? I'm pretty sure every cell phone can play MP3s now, right? Pretty much, yeah. 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 So just download us a lot, listen to us on the bus, share it with all your friends on the and bus. And don't forget to rate and review us over on iTunes. I know, I love them. And email us, contact at beggingboardcast.com or individually, John, Paul, Chris, at They sound like the Beatles. I throw it off. That's okay, I don't want to be a Beatle. Find us on the Facebook and our Twitter, where we update somewhat regularly. So it's hooked up to our Facebook, so just... 
you follow one, follow the other. And, and like if you look at the show, find us on our Facebook because there's a great picture of Chris and I at the expo. And we're going to be putting up more pictures from us at the show as well as some pictures from the show floor. So you might not have been there, but you'll see all the cool stuff that we got to. You can see you're going to see the back of uh, Stanley's head and his one ear. Yeah, he's also wearing a very nice sweater vest. <laughs> I always picture him in a sweater vest. Yeah, he's like a he's like an uncle. Yeah, a great uncle. And make sure you check us out over on the YouTube. We don't have any new bag board weights up yet, but there's still a bunch of golden ones there for you to check out. I want to know if anybody else has tried the bat mite. Yeah, if you have, let us know. Comment on that one or just email us because yeah. it was pretty good. Yeah, it was decent, you know. For a mixed drink that we mixed up that night. Yeah. I'm talking about drinking. I say we get to it, gentlemen. Yay. <laughs> little.